Hey guys, welcome to the Balding Soul Podcast. Thank you for joining me again. Um, this week I'm going to be solo, so you're just going to listen to my sweet voice. And it's going to kind of be a, uh, a two-part episode, kind of broken up into one episode, but you know, two, two, two different parts to it. The first part's going to be my season so far, kind of like a season update, uh, what, you know, what, what I've done, what I've experienced, any encounters I've had, um, you know, any luck I've had, any kind of, you know, that, that kind of stuff. That's going to be pretty short because I'm still waiting to put an arrow through something. And then the, uh, the second half of the, uh, the episode, I'm going to, it's going to actually tie into the first, but it's going to be, oh man, I, I hate calling it another one of those, you know, what's in my pack kind of things. And it's going to be a what's in my pack kind of episode, but, um, it's, I, I'm going to talk in detail about some of the stuff that I've been carrying and how I've been whittling down my, um, my public land running gun, uh, system, the things I'm carrying, why I'm carrying and, uh, and how I've kind of changed some of the stuff over time <clears throat> and how these things are working. And I've kind of, and, and, and some things that I've kind of worked through the, you know, like a trouble done the troubleshooting for and kind of worked through the, uh, the kinks and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, before we get into the to the episode proper, though, I want to thank you guys uh, for your support. For uh, anybody that's actually leaving ratings, ratings are huge, 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 huge. So uh, I know it's kind of a pain in the ass to do it, but I mean, please go ahead and leave a rating. Uh, that really helps uh, this thing get found. I don't advertise anything. I don't pay any money for um, you know advertising the uh, the podcast. It's all on social media. So do the ratings and then absolutely share the podcast with your friends. I'm on Instagram. Uh, and a lot of the things I'm going to be talking about today are you probably, if you do follow me on Instagram, you will have seen, uh, some of the Instagram stories that I've put up on some of the hunts that I've done. Um, you know, I'll be up in the tree or you'll see where I'm scouting and you'll, you know, just, you just kind of following along with me. So if you share that kind of stuff, that's super, super important to me. So I'd really appreciate that. And then as always, um, Make sure you do go check out the uh, the YouTube channel. I've got the reviews on there, and I've got all kinds of videos out there. And if you do want to so show support to the channel, you can do it in two ways. One is through the YouTube channel. Go and click on in uh, any of the video. On most of the videos I have, I'm actually talking about a product or I'm using a product. And click on the description below and click on those Amazon links. I'm an affiliate, and you don't necessarily have to buy whatever it is that I'm talking about in that video. But if you do shop at Amazon and 99% of us do, if you click through that link and you go and buy anything, the fact that you actually went through my link, I get some pennies back from Amazon. Um, and that's going to go to support the show. It's going to go to support to, um, oh, I don't know, maybe get like a decent headset and a better laptop with a faster processor because this one sucks. So that'll be kind of nice. And uh, also, as always, um, if you go to teespring.com, T-E-E spring.com slash soul. Uh, Bowhunting Soul is the uh, uh, the storefront name, and there are some t-shirts on there, some archery-related t-shirts that I think are pretty cool. Um, they're not expensive. They're like 19 to 21 bucks or something like that, so uh, very, very reasonable, plus shipping, of course. Very, very reasonable, but, you know, those are ways to uh, kind of support the channel and also end up with some, you know, pretty cool-looking cool, uh, pretty cool, cool looking swag. So, anyway, uh, on to the show. All right, so... As I record this, this is on a Saturday night, November 2nd, I believe. And uh, I've been uh, hunting since late September, I'm going to say. And I probably have about, about 10, 9 or 10 sits in. And by sits, I mean 
Uh, some of them are only like a little, maybe like a half an hour before work, uh, maybe an hour after work. Uh, I only have a few kind of all day or, you know, like, you know, more than, you know, three, you know, three hours, four hours at a time kind of thing. Um, my, my time has been very, very limited. And unfortunately I haven't actually been in the woods for about a week and a half and I'm probably not going to get into the woods for at least another two and a half, almost three weeks. I'm not going to get back into the woods until probably almost the third week in November. Uh, that's due to work schedule. That's due to family uh, schedule, my wife's work schedule. Um, you know, she's changed uh, some of her hours. And then, you know, she, uh, you, know, uh, you know, she has other obligations and things like that that she does. And uh, obviously, you know, we have a seven-year-old daughter. So that kind of makes it, uh, kind of makes it tough trying to spend as much time outside as you possibly can. And this is like prime, 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 prime hunting time, obviously. But, um, you know, I mean, I'm, I, I'm guessing you guys battle through this stuff too, because you want to be sitting, sitting in the woods. You want to be outside. You want to spend probably every waking minute you can sitting in the woods. But, you know, there's also that guilt of, uh, you know, spending time with your family and making sure you don't, you know, shirk any of your, you know, family responsibilities and work responsibilities and that kind of stuff. So, um, I've been bow hunting since, uh, like I said, late September had about nine or 10 sets. A couple of them have been like pretty good, pretty, pretty good sits. And I've been hunting areas where I've seen a lot of sign, but there's not a lot of fresh sign. And the problem with trying to get to areas that I wanted to get to is kind of, it's almost like a repeat of Turkey season where a lot of these places are underwater. Now I don't have a canoe. I don't have a kayak. And I'm going to be 100% straight up with you. I'm really not that that comfortable in the water. Um, I can swim just fine, but around here, some of these rivers, when they flood, they you know they get they get going pretty fast. There's obstacles in the water that you don't see, um, you know, and just this, you know, some of the other areas are just like super mucky marsh. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't actually crossed any of these uh, when they've been underwater. So it's just not that I even have a, a, a kayak or a canoe or anything like that to be able to do that with anyway, but they're just not areas that I can access right now. And even if I did have those, I probably you know wouldn't go and do that alone. Um, just not that, again, comfortable in the water. I know it's kind of popular to see on all these shows, uh, people accessing, you know, all these areas with, uh, you know, with, with their kayaks and things like that. I'm just, I'm not that guy. I'm sorry. Um, I don't feel all that comfortable, especially when it's dark. So, um, any of these places that I go to, I'm going to have to walk to, and I don't mind walking to any of these places, but they're underwater. Um, there's huge chunks of land that I can't get, get to that I really, really wanted to get to. So what that's done is two things. One, it's kind of, um, kind of alienated um, or, or separated the deer from, from me and also congregated the hunters on one side and the deer on the other. I'm, I'm certain of it because I'm seeing more hunter sign than I am deer sign, fresh deer sign. I'm running across, uh, I, I've been kind of doing all these trails and deer trails and, and, and game trails and things like that, that I, that I kind of alluded to in some of my videos and previous podcasts, some of the things I found when I was scouting, some of the things I found during turkey season that I thought were just going to be just absolute prime. But um, I'm not seeing the fresh, the, the fresh sign there. I mean, I've seen a couple little rubs here and there. Um, no real, no real scrapes. I, I don't, I don't think so. Some of them I can't distinguish between what squirrels have, have dug up and, uh, scraped up the ground versus, um, 
uh, deer. And I honestly don't think that, it, that it's deer. I don't see any buck sign. I see lots of like doe bedding, but I think a lot of that stuff happens at night too. Some of the areas that I'm, that I'm encountering. So, um, I, I really haven't seen anything and the deer, deer that I know that I've run into in, in, in the past in the areas that I, that I can, can easily access and get to, I haven't seen deer there. I haven't seen fresh sign, um, of any sort there. Um, I've, I've, I found new places in the places that I can actually access. But the few times that I sat some of those places, well, I just, I just didn't have any, any luck with them. So, um, there is, let's see, one, two, three, there's four places that I would really love to get to that are probably mile. Well, one of them is about a minimum of three quarters of a mile and the other ones I'm going to say mile, mile and a half to mile and three quarter, maybe depending on, on how the route I take. Uh, and that's genuine. That's like actual, like, like, you know, one foot in front of the other actual, you know, track, uh, distance that I wanted to get to, but I, I can't get to, I can't get to those places. Now, late season, I'm probably going to be able to get to those places, but I'd really, really wanted to be able to get to some of these areas that I'd scouted late season last year. Um, but I wanted to get to them earlier when the foliage was still up. So with that being said, I've been relegated to hunting where other people are hunting. Um, and, uh, the last time I went out, actually, I counted, let's see, I look, when I stood up, I was, I was on the ground in a ghillie suit actually. Um, and, uh, I actually ran into, uh, one hunter that was on one side of the trail behind me, probably about, you know, 100, 125 yards. I had another hunter who was actually hunting coyotes that night, maybe 75 yards who, who, who settled down, you know, uh, up, upwind. Well, I don't know if it's up at that point, it wasn't even upwind or downwind. It was just, you know, down, down the trail for me. Um, and then I stood up just to kind of stretch and look around a little bit. Uh, I was overlooking this marsh and, um, I happened to look to my left and not a hundred yards over there. There was a guy with a son in a tree stand overlooking the exact same marsh. It kind of reminded me of those, uh, Looney Tunes cartoons where, uh, <clears throat> where, um, opening day starts, you know, all of a sudden the bell rings opening day. And then, you know, you have a hundred hunters, uh, all in a circle, all like blasting toward the center, you know, where like bugs money pops out of the hole kind of thing. It wasn't quite that bad, obviously, but that's, that's kind of what it felt like. So, um, so I'm just having no luck with that, which, um, you know, even if I had more time to hunt, I don't think I'd be able to get into to the areas I really, really want to get into. There's other areas that I can definitely get into, but um, anyway, I had a couple of uh, very cool encounters as far as, um, as far as uh, weather goes. And, and I had one really cool encounter as far as uh, a deer goes, uh, the one with the weather. I don't know if you guys are following. I did an Instagram story on that. It was in a new place that I, um, it, it was going to, to me, it looked very, I don't know if it was bucky, but it was very deer, deerish, deery, right? So, um, I went into this tree and I saw on radar that we were supposed to get lightning and thunder, um, pr pretty bad storms. This might've been like early, early October. And uh, I sat in the tree and perfect tree. I was having a great time. And I thought, oh man, you know, I'm looking on radar and I'm looking above me and, I, and it looks like these clouds are gonna miss. And all of a sudden the lightning starts. Um, and I was in a tree that, I, mean, I was in, it was in a tree line, but it went, I wasn't like, you know, it wasn't super, super thick where I was, where I was hanging. It was kind of um, near the, the, the field edge or the marsh edge. Um, and anyway, long story short, I needed to get down out of there and boogie out of there. And I'm telling you, uh, I've never been, 
uh, you know, out west. And when you hear stories of people getting caught, you know, in a thunderstorm, like on the side of a mountain, feeling exposed. But I, I, I think I felt the same way because, I mean, this was, I mean, this, this wasn't very deep at all. I was only like a couple hundred yards from the, from the, the walking trail. And from there, I was only another less than a quarter mile to the parking lot. And getting down, man, I mean, the wind picked up. It wasn't so, it wasn't so much the wind or anything like that, but it was one of those like low, uh, low, low clouds and low lightning, cloud to cloud lightning, not a lot of uh, cloud to, to ground lightning, thank God. But I mean, it, it was like a really, really low um, ceiling. And man, I, it felt like at any second, like I was going to get zapped. I got down out of that tree so fast and, uh, and then I had to make it across the marsh, but I didn't go across the marsh. I actually went around the tree line, uh, hugging, you know, staying underneath the, the, the tree canopy, but, and that was fine. But then when I got out onto, uh, it was like a paved parking path, a uh, parking path, uh, walking path that uh, leads back to the parking lot. And that's about a quarter mile. And it's kind of tree-lined, and it's got telephone poles and things like that. And I was trying to stay under every single one of those things. That was probably the most harrowing, harrowing part of it all. Not when I was actually in, in the woods or in the tree. Well, in the tree, definitely, but not necessarily when I was in the woods, but when I was walking back uh, to my car. Uh, it got worse. The, the lightning got lower. I mean, it was flashing all around. And uh, I, did, uh, I did do an Instagram story while, as I was walking to my car at a very, very, you know, fast pace. But, I mean, I have obviously, you know, my, my climbing, my one stick, but still, you know, a you know, piece of metal strapped to my back. I've got this long rod in my hand, which is my bow. Um, it is a very, very uh, vulnerable feeling trying to get, you know, just, just walking down, trying to stay, uh, you know, in the tree line, and just not be exposed and, and, and hope to hell that, you know, the, the random jolt of electricity doesn't just come down and, and, and zap you. Um, that was probably the, the most, most frightening, you know, weather uh, thing I've ever experienced. And it was, it was I, I probably should have gotten out, down out of the tree probably about 10, 15 minutes uh, earlier than I did. I think I pushed it too long and that was really stupid of me. So um, if you ever find yourself in a, in a situation where you got like, you know, bad lightning coming and you can actually see and, and you guys know you spend enough time you can tell whether it's just like a little bit of a rain shower or you got some like some 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 you know uh bad lightning shit going on get down get to cover it's not it's not worth it so anyway um the rest of the i guess sits i had really weren't all that uh all that fruitful or as exciting uh the one time that I actually did have a good encounter. Now, the, this entire time, out of my nine or ten sits, probably ten sits, I ran into one deer. Okay, not one buck, not one, I mean one deer. I have not seen a deer other than this deer, and it was a very, very cool encounter. It was a place that I hadn't hunted for about a year, well, two years, and uh, I was in a tree. I was in a great spot. I was actually going to go uh, a lot deeper than, than uh, what I did. The, the walking path is about, I don't know, half a mile in, three quarters of a mile in, and then it's just maybe like 100 yards off the road uh, or off the, uh, the walking path once you get uh, to, to where you're going. And I was actually going to go a little bit deeper, but then I ran into uh, a nice rub line, uh, a, fr a fresh rub line. And I thought, okay, well, I'm going to set up on this right here. And it wasn't the ideal tree, uh, there's definitely better trees that I could have been in because I'm carrying my trad bow. And, um, the other trees that I could have been in, I can take a little bit longer shots with my compound. If I was carrying my compound, I would have a little more cover if I was shooting out of those and not be so exposed. 
but just the way it worked out, the way I had to be with a, with a, with a trad bow in my hand is that I had to be in like one or two particular trees, and I picked one. And it wasn't it wasn't ideal. It wasn't great. I was more exposed. I couldn't get as high as I needed to be, and um, I was literally I mean literally like over the trail. Whereas if I had been carrying something else, I could have set up in a little more kind of in, in a sniper's hide kind of situation. You know, um, you know they say you know snipers don't sit there and um, you know, have, have the barrel sticking out the window, right in plain sight. You know, they're all like tucked into a corner way back in a room somewhere where, uh, you know, no one can see them. Not that I'm comparing myself to a sniper, but it's just that kind of advantage, uh, I would have had, uh, it would, and, and cover that it would, it would have afforded me had I been carrying something else, but I didn't care because, uh, I was carrying a, a trad bow in my hand and it was, it was fun. And, uh, I sat there all day, uh, for actually most of the afternoon, I actually took uh, some PTO time off uh, from work. My uh, my wife and daughter were actually out visiting uh, my parents out in uh, Nevada. So uh, I had that whole weekend to myself and actually did get a lot of hunting in. And this was, I think, Friday night that I had this encounter. And um, it was an overcast day, overcast night. And I had probably about five minutes of legal light left. Um, as far as like, le like legal, legal shooting time, but as far as light goes, I mean, I couldn't see anything. The can the, uh, the, the overcast made it so dark. Um, not that I had a lot of tree canopy around me or anything like that, but it, it, it was just too dark to shoot. Um, I had missed a squirrel about five minutes earlier, just barely. And then I was halfway getting down my tree. I mean, I was literally like five or six feet up in the tree and I couldn't see anything. My bow was already down. I uh, had my headlamp on my head, which wasn't even turned on yet. And then all, all of a sudden I hear ch -ch 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 crunching leaves and twigs. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I'm hugging the tree because I'm, I'm using a one stick uh, climbing method, which I'll talk about in a little bit. And I'm, I'm halfway down. I'm literally like five feet up in the air. And this thing comes by, which would have been my four o'clock position, which wasn't an ideal position, but I would have been able to get a shot at it had I been in the tree. Um, this nice buck, this eight point, I think it was an eight point. Uh, it was too dark to, to, you know, pick out exactly, you know, how big, exactly how many, but I mean, he had a nice rack on him, tall, kind of a tall skinny rack, uh, like a narrow rack, but tall. And, uh, this thing came in and stopped at 10 yards and it just looked at me and I'm on the side of the tree and I looked at it and it didn't blow. Um, the wind wasn't optimal. It was kind of swirling at that point. It had been a windy, windy day. I mean, really windy day. I was kind of blowing all over the place in the tree. And, uh, you know, I was, the, I was dropping milkweed like crazy and, uh, the, the wind was just doing like these, these crazy swirls driving me nuts. And even at night when it kind of calmed down a little bit, it was still kind of swirling. And I don't know how the hell he didn't smell me or even if he did, he didn't care. But I mean, he came crashing through there. Like he didn't have a care in the world. He was trotting and then he stopped and then he and I kind of looked at each other and I even kind of grunted at it to get it to move and it didn't move. And then I turned on my headlamp, or at least tried to, and I've got some corroded, uh, well, I thought I fixed it all before, before season, but, you know, when you got those corroded uh, connections in, in your headlamp and stuff. So I clicked it on, and nothing came on. So I'm, like, slapping my head, literally, um, trying to get the light to come on, and it finally came on, and I, and I kind of shined it, and it sat there and looked at me for another 5, 10 seconds, and then it trotted off. So I looked at the time, and, uh, I, again, I did this on my Insta story, but... Uh, literally he came by with like three to five minutes left of legal shooting light. 
But again, there's no way in hell at that time that he came by, there's no way I would have been able to take a shot at that deer because I, I mean, I, I could barely make it out. It was a big deer. It was, it seemed like, a, I don't know, three and a half year old probably, but, um, had it come back, had it come by five minutes before that, I know I would have been able to get a shot at that thing. So I was really, really excited that I, that I found, that I found the tree I needed to be in. He did not come from the direction that I expected him to, but I 100% guarantee you that all that, that rub line of, uh, of, of trees that I saw came from that buck because he was right in that, he was right in that area. And, um, you know, I don't know. And if I was up, if I had still been up in the tree and five minutes earlier when I can actually see what I was shooting at, I guarantee you, I would have at least been able to have an opportunity at that deer. But um, it was just one of those two ships passing, literally passing in the night kind of things. And, you know, he looked at me, I looked at him, and we decided that it just, it just you know, the stars weren't aligned. It just wasn't meant to be. He went on his way, and I kept on going down the tree and, uh, and, and walked out of there with a, you know, with, with a very cool experience. Um, I went back into that same area the next day, the Saturday, uh, which was a mistake because that area gets pounded by um, uh, public land hunters and trail walkers and hikers and, and bikers and all the, all kinds of stuff. And it kind of surrounds, uh, the, the trails, the, the trail system there, I guess, kind of surrounds the entire area. So the deer are not even, I mean, I, I went to some of the areas that, that I knew I had seen, um, uh, you know, more, more trails in, it kind of leads up to like this bluff country, uh, and, and river bottom, you know, where you got these steep bluffs going down into the rivers and stuff. And, um, where before I had seen, uh, you know, maybe, you know, like, like the, like a third of the way down the, the ridge kind of thing where you can see, you know, a nice kind of trail, uh, where, where deer kind of go back and forth. I, I didn't see anything. And, uh, there was way too many people in there. I didn't even see any hunters in there. It was just, you know, walkers and bikers and hikers and stuff like that. So, um, that I probably shouldn't, well, not probably, I shouldn't have gone back there on a Saturday because again, Friday afternoon, fine, no problem. But Saturday, man, that place, that place just gets pounded by other, you know, uh, rec, you know, recreationalists and stuff, which is fine. It's public land. So, and then, uh, the Sunday, uh, oh yeah. And then that Sunday is when I told you about when I went to that other place where I had set up on a really nice area, but then it turns out there was like four other hunters, like within a hundred, 150 yards of me. And that was, was just a shit show too. So, um, that was pretty much the last time I was in the woods. And like I said, it's November 2nd now as we speak. And, uh, you know, my wife's out of town now. She doesn't get back till Wednesday. And then uh, I might be able to get out Wednesday or Thursday night, but then Saturday morning I leave. Um, I leave for Daytona. You know, I drive down there, and I'm going to be down there till probably the 16th or 17th. I probably won't get home until the 19th, 18th or 19th of November. So um, you know, and then it'll be rifle season, and I have no qualms about picking up a rifle. Or uh, you know, around here I'll, I'll I'll hunt with my muzzle loader during rifle season, or if I go up to uh, my buddy's place a little farther up north where we can shoot rifle. Um, I'm going to go up there and shoot rifle at this point. I don't care what I get a deer down with. I know it's called bow hunting soul, but I mean, I'm an equal opportunity, except for crossbows. I'm an equal opportunity, uh, uh, shooter with, with, uh, with, with, any, with any weapon. So if it's rifle season, if it's uh, muzzle loader season, I equally like, well, not equally, but I, st I still like a break from carrying a bow and just carrying, you know, a cheater stick every now and then. And, um, you know, especially with my muzzle loader, I really like hunting with that muzzle loader. So, um, definitely going to have that. And then of course, late season, uh, our, our archery season goes all the way to the end of December. So I think my fingers are really, really tired of typing congrats or congratulations, even though it's, it's, uh, 
you know, auto complete, auto text, you know, on my phone, because I probably have written that no joke, no joke, uh, with all the different forums I'm on and the people I follow on Instagram and things like that. I've probably typed that at least a hundred, hundred, 120 times, at least because pretty much everyone I know has shot a deer <laughs> except for me. So I don't know, a little bit of bitterness there, but I have had a lot of time in the woods and it's just a victim of circumstance. Again, I, I, I'd like to get to some of these areas and I just, I, I can't get to them. So, um, I guess the upshot of that is by the time I get back from my trip, all this flooding, uh, should be down all the, all the little paths and stuff that I need to get back to, uh, that lead to the areas that I need to get to are going to be passable. So, um, I'm going to be uh, doing that. Um, as far as getting other critters down, I haven't, uh, I've gone kind of mixed in squirrel hunting, you know, with that, I haven't shot any of them, but I've gone, uh, duck hunting, th uh, three times with, uh, with my buddy Paul and, uh, three, three or two, I can't remember. And, uh, that's been a lot of fun. Got a lot of blasting in, uh, got like three, three ducks, three or three or four. No, one time I went, got two in there. I don't know. I've got like four ducks or at least the, the breasts off of them, uh, in, in the freezer. Ton of fun. Um, apparently I, I'm not that great a waterfowler and I don't really know that much about the ducks. He's more the, the, the waterfowl expert. I'm learning all this stuff about, you know, the different variety, varieties of ducks and you know, what's a good one, what's not that kind of stuff. And apparently I've shot some of the really, really nice, uh, wall mounters and I didn't even know it. Um, shot a couple of nice wood ducks, uh, got a mallard, got a widgeon, got, um, uh, I can't remember what uh, a couple of these other ones were, but anyway, they're super nice ducks. They're really beautiful. Um, I did put pictures of those up on Instagram. So if you, again, if you follow me, you can, you can see some of those. It was, it's been a nice break, you know, to get out, uh, you know, early, you know, early, early morning, sit there, watch a beautiful sunrise and just kind of, you know, just, just, just bullshit with your buddy until, uh, you know, until the, you know, the, the shells start flying. So that's been a lot of fun. And, um, like I said, I'm going to head down to Daytona. Usually I do a, um, like a pig hunt there, kind of like, you know, pick your pork, pay to play kind of, um, you know, over a feeder kind of thing. Um, I, you know, I've said before, I don't, I don't really have any interest in doing a rifle hunt like that anymore, but I may still take my bow and I don't know what bow I'm going to take. If I'm going to pay, I'm going to be total, I can be hundred percent honest with you guys here. If I'm going to pay the money to do that, and it'll, it'll end up being like a few hundred bucks. I mean, I know there's, there's public land and I know you can chase them on this and that, but I mean, I'll literally have like an afternoon if I get down there quick enough to do that. And so I might just take my compound. Um, you know, I, I want to, I want to bow hunt for them. Uh, and no, it's not spot and stock or anything like that. It's over a feeder, but it's still nice to come home with, you know, 30, 40 pounds of, of, uh, of pork. So, but I just, I just don't have the desire to do it with a rifle anymore. I've done, I've done like a bunch of pigs that way. Um, but I want to, you know, that's not going to preclude me from, uh, taking, you know, my bow. I might take a, my, my, one of my trad bows, but I'll, I'll probably take the compound. I'm, I'm not sure. So, uh, that's, that's to be, uh, to be decided. So anyway, that's been my season so far. So not a lot of excitement there. Um, just still, you know, getting out absolutely whenever I can. Um, I've been carrying, I haven't carried the compound. I've carried the compound once or twice, but that was when I was squirrel hunting that kind of, you know, and of course it's got my deer arrows in there just in case I happened to run across one, but it was more because I like, uh, you know, small game hunting with that thing. But I've been basically carrying the grizzly, 
Um, for the first part of the season, I took out the, uh, the, the 59 Kodiak for uh, a bunch of times. And the last few times I've actually taken out the, uh, the Kodiak Magnum, you know, the, the, the shorty one, which is a super nice, uh, super nice. I, I missed carrying that thing around cause it's so compact. Um, and I'm, I'm actually shooting a different arrow setup for that thing. Now it's a little bit lighter. The, I used to have like a six, I mean, I'm only pulling 39 pounds on that thing. And it used to be like a 600, 610 grain arrow. I'm actually down to like 470. And, but it's flying so nice. I know what some of you guys are going to say, you know, shoot a heavier arrow, but, um, I, I just chronographed that the other day and it's still only doing 141 feet per second. So, um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a black Eagle, uh, outlaw. I'm looking at them right now. They fly super nice. Um, and I, you know, honestly, in under, under 15 yards, I have, I have no qualms about, uh, it, it, it doing the job. So it's just kind of changing it up a little bit. It has, it has a similar trajectory to the other bows I have. So, I'm not really uh, messing myself up that way. And all, it all kind of depends on, on uh, whatever strikes my fancy there. So anyway, so that's kind of the first part uh, of, of this podcast kind of season wrap up. So now I want to kind of get into what I've been carrying um, in my pack or as my pack and in my pack uh, during this first part of the season. I'm sure some of this is going to change uh, later season with um, uh, heavier clothing and more outer layers and things like that. I might switch up to... Uh, my, my bigger pack, which is that Kuyu Icon Pro 1850. It's just got more room for things, but um, I guess we can just get into it. So I've been carrying the entire season, the, the Kafaru Door Gunner. And I'm telling you, I love that pack. It's, uh, it's, it's super, super well built. I'm not, I, I'm rough on stuff. I'm not like, I'm not ginger, you know, with it when I'm yanking on the zippers or opening zippers or things like that. Um, and by the way, I did do a YouTube video on you know, what I'm carrying, what's in my pack, uh, how everything fits in my run and gun setup, that kind of thing. So, um, so that, so that Kafaru is great. Now, when I had last spoke to you guys, I think I was waiting on the hip belt from them and a couple about and a couple of belt pouches. Well, I did get the hip belt and I wore it for a while, but then the hip belts back off. Now, don't be a hater, but I don't think that that, that belt works very well with the door gunner. Um, I don't really know, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I've never had any other bigger, like actual, like frame packs, um, which I'm sure are like fan, you know, fantastic. Right. But the Omni belt that comes with some of these smaller packs, at least with the door gunner, the proportions, they just didn't really fit me very well. Now it's, it's a comfy pack as it is, but then the way the belt fits around you and it, the way it actually goes through where it's supposed to go through uh, the pack itself, it ends up, how should I put this? It ends up jacking the, the, the pack up a little too high on you, right? It kind of, if you, if you cinch, if you cinch the belt, you know, the, the, that Omni belt on you, right? Then the pack gets loose as far as it's not tight to your back. Now I know that it's, it's transferring the load to your hips and that kind of thing, but you still want you, you still want that, uh, the, the shoulder straps to be, you know, kind of tight enough to suck that pack, you know, back, you know, to kind of tight or up against the back, uh, you're against your back. Well, what this does then is the belt almost when you, when you cinch the belt tight, it almost like makes the entire package like ride up your hips. And then it obviously then it pushes the pack also up a little bit and it, and it gives you too much slack in your shoulder belts. But then when you cinch down the shoulder belts, right, to kind of suck them tight, well, then that ends up like sucking the, the, the pack up even higher up your back. 
and it's not it's just not comfortable it's either it's either you got the weight on your hips or you got the weight on your um uh on on your on your shoulders i couldn't find a happy medium for that um even if you kind of do you know one or the other loosen one or loosen the other um it just it just it just wasn't working out very well if i have the the the, the hip belt loose the plastic buckle uh, tends to rattle and it's not really the fault of the, the buckle. It's a plastic buckle. What are you going to do? It tends to rattle and make a little bit of noise and I didn't like that either. So um, honestly, I, I took uh, that's going to be up for sale. I probably should have put it up for sale already, but the uh, the Omni belt's going to go. Um, uh, I took the uh, uh, the pouches off it. I'm actually using one of the pouches on the front of the door gunner on the bottom. It's worked out really nice there, but um, yeah, that Omni belt is just I, for me, for my body, for the fit. It just, it just didn't work. It just didn't fit right. I couldn't get the belt tight or load bearing, you know, and also have the shoulder straps tight and sucked to my back at the same time without it riding all the way up and 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 taking. I don't know. It, it just felt weird. So anyway, it's tough to describe, but so that's got to go. But anyway, everything else about that pack is just awesome. Um, I really love it. Now in the pack, what I'm what I'm carrying is my, uh, my my saddle setup. I've been in the saddle probably I've only been on the ground a few times. So the rest of the times I've been I've been hanging this in, hanging in the saddle. So in there I'm putting everything in the in the order that I'm going to use them, uh, or at least take them out when I get to the base of the tree. I don't wear my saddle. Uh, I don't wear my saddle to the, the you know through the woods. I actually do it at the base of the tree. So at the very bottom of that I have uh, I've got my kill kit. And in the kill kit, um, you know, again, go watch the video and stuff. But I mean, in there, I've got some field dressing gloves. I've got an emergency um, uh, kind of like an Altoids kit, you know, with some extra batteries in there and a whistle and a fire starter and, and, and Vaseline, uh, you know, uh, coated um, uh, cotton balls, uh, lighters, that kind of stuff. I've got a Havilon, uh, Havilon Peranta in there. I've got, uh, what else do I have? I have a little... Uh, uh, it's like a really cheap, like Winchester branded knife that, that I got from like, like Gander Mountain years ago for like twelve ninety nine. But it's like a full tang knife, and it's a nice steel. I mean, it's a decent steel. I don't like high quality, like super high quality steels anyway. I like to be able to sharpen. I'd rather I, I I hold the ability to sharpen a blade higher than than um, or or higher value rather to to me than a blade that like is like super high mega lamperdine you know high tech steel that is like impossible to sharpen. Um, I'd rather it be softer steel that I can sharpen over and over again. So that thing rides in there. Uh, I got a little sharpener that's in there. And, and then, anyway, that kill kit basically rides at the very, very bottom of the pack. It doesn't move. Um, and then on top of that, I start stacking in everything that I'm going to use uh, to climb with. So right now, I, or actually not, not just climb with, but, you know, where, you know, in the stand. So right now I'm actually using uh, two tethers with, um, that are, that are pretty much, uh, uh, identical. Okay. Um, one is going to be used as a lineman belt if I need it as, as a lineman belt, but up at, at altitude, up at, at hunting height, I'm actually using two tethers. Now this is part of my redundancy and I'm going to actually put a, post a video on this, uh, probably in the next couple few days over here where, uh, I just feel safer with, with a redundant complete backup system. So, at the bottom, like I said, I've got the uh, the two tethers in there. Uh, they each have their own Prusik. They each have their own um, uh, carabiner. And then on top of that, I've got my uh, my Tacta saddle by uh, my my John Tucker. I'm loving that thing. 
super, super comfortable. Again, um, don't knock it till you tried it. Uh, it does not ride up like, uh, like other ones do. Um, that the strap in the back that everyone, you know, calls like butt floss. It, I mean, you don't, you don't even notice that thing back there. Uh, the ability to move the, the, the bottom, uh, strap that kind of, that goes under your thigh or under your butt, either up or down, slide it up or down is uh, really, really good. And I find myself not moving it at all. It just kind of sits there. It just finds its happy medium, but it's like super comfortable. So I've got that sitting uh, I've got that sitting on top. So then when I get to the tree, I open the lid of the, of the door gunner and uh, basically I put on and I, everything comes out in order. So I, the first thing to come out would be the tactic saddle. I put that on and then I put my, uh, my tether, uh, one of my tethers up, you know, on the tree. And then, um, then the other tether, I'll just kind of clip to my side. So I'll have like two ropes there um, as, as I'm, uh, <clears throat> as I'm climbing. The tactic saddle has two, or I put, I put on an extra bridge. It's got two bridges on there, slightly different lengths from one another. Um, and I've got them in such a way that they don't clang into each other when I'm, when I'm, when I'm hunting. So I've got the two tethers coming down. So none of the Prusix clash, clash into each other. Nothing gets in the way of one another. Um, and the ropes that I'm using to do that are uh, eight millimeter Oplux. Uh, this thing is, um, rated at 22 kilonewtons. I mean, it's super, super high strength. Um, the, uh, the carabiner itself is rated at 25 kilonewtons. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's heavy duty stuff. So anyway, Oplux is the rope that I'm using. And then the Prusik that I'm using for, I'm not using a rope man, but the Prusik that I'm using for it is, um, it's called uh, a jammy by uh, Beal. Um, can't remember if uh, Sterling makes that too, or anyway, it's called the Beal jammy. And uh, that is a six, sorry, 5.5 millimeter uh, Prusik cord. But that is also rated at 22 kilonewtons. It looks small, but I mean, it's incredibly strong. And so far, they've been very, very abrasion resistant too. So um, I've got two of those things that I'm, that I'm using, um, one of which obviously is, uh, is to climb with. So, and obviously one, you know, one goes to one bridge, one goes to the other bridge. Now I'm only climbing with one and I'm, you know, once I'm, you know, at hunting height, things like that, I'm all set up. Then I'll hook up the other tether and uh you know hook it onto my second bridge and, and that kind of thing get everything settled and again nothing kind of crashes into each other nothing gets in the way of each other it's uh it's working out just super super nice so um so anyway so i've got that and then my climbing method is uh this year i've exclusively been doing the the single stick climbing method i got a video out on that go check that out it may look cumbersome it may look a little hard but honestly if you take your time um, then, you know, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Okay. So it may, again, like I said, it may look cumbersome. It may look like you might not be able to do it and just, just give it a try. But the proper saddle, uh, works. I've kind of talked about it before. Go watch the video. But again, you're, you're basically, um, uh, you're, you're climbing up on the sticks and you're already tethered to the tree. You've got the tether on there and it's hooked up to your bridge. And, uh, you know, you climb up and you push your tether up all the way. And then you kind of sit back down or, or hang off the side of the tree. You reach down and you move your climbing stick up, you know, a couple few feet or whatever, cinch it back down, get onto the stick, climb up the stick, move your tether as, again, don't, don't put a ton of slack into the system as you're climbing, but move your tether up as you're climbing, move it, you know, however high you need to move it. And then again, put the weight onto the tether, hang off the tree or hang off the side of the tree and bring, you know, reach down and bring your stick up, 
et cetera, et cetera. So it looks cumbersome, but it actually ends up working really well. Now I found um, that that does not work very well uh, with a birch tree, birch, uh, aspen, any kind of any kind of like really really smooth bark tree. I tried it the one time um, in on one particular set sit. On the way down, I slid twice. Um, the tether didn't slide, although it wasn't super secure anyway. Uh, but the um, uh, the climbing stick, the Hawk Helium climbing stick, which you know is, is that cut down stick I have uh, with the with the 764 amp steel daisy chain, which works out really really nice. Um, that it just there's nothing about the, the birch bark that makes um, anything want to like actually grip it. Okay, and then like the like the teeth on the back of that uh, the Hawk Helium stick, they're super aggressive. I mean they're they'll they'll cut you. I mean they're they're kind of a pain. And even they, you know, they they just didn't want to stick very well. So I slid down, I'm going to say, several inches. Well, not several, but maybe like 8 or 10 inches twice on the way down after that sit. Luckily, the stick didn't get away from me, and I was still kind of hanging by the tether. And I was able to recover the stick and just put proper weight on it and not have it slide. But there's no way I'm going to be hunting out of um, uh, a, uh, a birch tree anymore. So that was a good experiment. I'm glad I did it. I'm not going to do it again because now I know not to do it. On any other tree with like decent bark, normal bark, not a problem. Uh, in fact, that uh, the daisy chain grips almost a little too well um, to the bark. And you kind of, you know, you got to be careful not to shred your knuckles every time because you're, you're, you're basically trying to move this limp rope, even though it's like a lightweight rope. You're trying to move this rope up a tree as you're climbing, okay? and have it like not dig into stuff and it's and it's your i don't know it's kind of like uh, trying to put your fat pants on you know you like back forth back forth back forth front back front back you know kind of thing um and just kind of like inch it up the tree and uh it takes um it takes a little bit of practice to figure out exactly how many or how much slack you want in that uh in that daisy chain because it kind of it, it goes it goes you know one end goes around your uh your versa button and then it goes around and then you hook it up to another loop, whatever closest loop that you want, back over again onto the Versa button. So it's always on there. You're not, a, I'm not, personally, I'm not taking that, that the, the loop off and, um, and, and having that stick, you know, just kind of free. But you do want a little bit of slack in there. So, um, and you can have too much slack and it's just, you know, too much to deal with. Or if it's not enough, you, it's, hard, it's very, very hard to move um, that stick you know, several feet up a tree while that, while that, uh, that amp steel is trying to grab every like half inch, you know, going up. So it's a little bit of, um, a little bit of a learning curve, learning curve doing that. Um, you know, and I may go back to trying, you know, my just climbing with three sticks and, uh, like a nader. I don't really want to do the suader one. Um, if you guys uh, know what I'm talking about, this nader and suader, they're basically climbing aiders that kind of hook to your knees. One of them is only knee height, and one of them is like twice knee height, and that's the suader. That's the one where you can kick out a whole lot more. Um, not, uh, I'm comfortable using it, but honestly, with, with three sticks and just the nader, I think I can get plenty high as I want. Plus, I can do one stick uh, the remainder. So I may even even actually try that, uh, you know, when when I get back to actually bow hunting again, but. Um, so far, again, I've just been using the one stick and I've had that uh, Artisan Outdoor Fabrications uh, platform on top of that stick. So I've got everything with me. Like when I get to hunting height, that's it. That is the platform. I'm standing on top of my sticks. Now, I have actually stood on top of just like a normal climbing stick where I didn't have that um, platform on there. And it works okay. It's like, it's except the, um, the, the, the teeth on the, on, on the foot pegs, 
they can, you know, they're kind of sharp. They can kind of dig in. Um, if you have thick enough boots, it's really not a problem. But I found that the bigger problem is, um, or where a, uh, a platform of some sort really shines, is taking advantage of the whole saddle thing where you're able to walk around the tree or lean around the tree and put side pressure on those sticks. And you really can't do that with uh, just the foot pegs. You need some sort of platform on there to be able to do that. Now, the uh, the Predator platform from Tethered looks like, it look, I mean, that looks like the bee's knees, right? The, everything, the way it's designed, everybody says it's like super rock solid. Um, I don't have one. I'm trying to get away with uh, being even more more minimalist, like I said. So I've got like this mini platform on my stick, so it's all part one unit. So I don't have to carry a platform and a stick. But I do find that uh, you know I'm not able to kind of lean out and do some of these angles that you see some of these guys on TV say that you're you know supposedly able to do. Um, at least not with with the setup that I have. Um, what I also did find is that that stick needs to be absolutely secure. Now, this is not the fault of the stick, but if you put any kind of side pressure on that stick, let's say you're on, on top of it and you, you know it's cinched down, you, put, you, know, you pushed it down, you climbed up, not a problem, but then you get up, you get up to the top level and you, you, know, you put, you know, let's say you're gonna lean out to the left or lean out to the right. Well, that tends to wanna kick the stick out. I mean, you know, kick, out, kick it out sideways. The stick's not gonna fall, but it could fall a few inches actually, believe it or not, and it could be out of your, uh, out of your reach because um, dep depending how, um, uh, how, how much, uh, I, I guess not slack, but you know, how far you're leaning from the tree or, or how, how long your tether is, that kind of thing. If you kick that stick out and that, that am steel or daisy chain or rope or whatever you're using loosens <clears throat> and then it, because it's kicked out, it then falls down a little bit before it catches itself. It could cat, it could fall down several inches where you could kind of be in trouble where you can't quite reach it. Um, which leads me to my, uh, before I forget this, by the way, I'm also carrying uh, a, um, a screw-in step with me all the time. Um, that way, if, uh, if something happens, the, the amp steel breaks, uh, which is highly unlikely, or if the, you know, my stick kind of falls down a little bit and I can't quite reach it or falls all the way to the ground, what have you, I don't know, then I don't want to just be sitting there dangling. So I've got two options. I've got those two tethers, because I'm carrying two tethers, and I've got the screw-in uh, screw steps. Now, we're not allowed to use screw-in steps on public land, but in an emergency, I have no qualms about, you know, drilling a few holes, you know, um, uh, cranking a few holes into the thing and being able to uh, lower myself down, you know, in an emergency. But again, it's only for emergency use, or I could probably try and do something with my two tethers where I can hang off of one um, and then the other one, actually on both of them, I could tie like a foot loop and they're both long enough to be able to tie like foot loops with like a bowling knot or something like that. And then kind of like walk my way down the tree, you know, so you'd have, uh, you know, one tether above the other, and then you put, you know, your, your foot loop in one and foot loop in another, and you step on one, loosen it, lower one, lower the other, lower one, lower the other. That's going to take a long time, but at least you'd, you'd be able to get to the ground. So that's something you should practice by the way. But anyway, um, so going back to the platform, so when you do uh, any kind of side pressure on that thing, it tends to want to kick it out. So what I originally tried doing was a Night Eyes cam jam. And again, I got a video on this one too, go check it out. And that cam jam is kind of like a, uh, it's like a mechanical trucker's hitch. Uh, very cool uh, device. It, uh, it's, it basically, uh, uh, it's, it's like a cam uh, that, that kind of, you, you cinch something down and there's a, a spring-loaded cam that cinches down on the paracord that you use. 
and it's just used for, uh, for, for tightening things. And originally I was, gonna, I was using that for at the very bottom of my stick, uh, which is the, you know, the, the, the farthest point that, I, that you'd want to probably put it at so that it, 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 it helps contain you know, any kind of side-to-side -side movement to prevent kickouts. I was using that at the bottom of my stick around the tree and cinched down. Uh, that, it's still not that secure. So I've actually switched to carrying like the smallest ratchet strap, you know, that I could find. And I know a lot of guys aren't, you know, too hip to ratchet straps. A, they're heavy. They are heavy. And they're noisy. Well, the noise part, I know, I mean, honestly, learn to do, a, learn to ratchet a ratchet strap quietly. I'm sorry. That's about, that's about the, the only thing I can say. But honestly, with a ratchet strap, I can crank that thing down and I can actually make the bottom of that, of that stick secure. Because the top is secure because the Versa button is like, is uh, near the top or at least above center line. So that's not gonna, um, you know, kick out. So, so if you're applying pressure at the very top of that stick on, 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 that, on that platform, leaning one way or another, the best way to control it from not kicking out is to actually control the very bottom of the stick. So that's what I've been doing, is um, doing like a, this, this ratchet strap around the bottom of the stick. And uh, once that's like cranked down and tight, that platform, that stick is not moving anywhere. Now, a problem I am finding though is because it's a stick and it's um, it, it, it's it's touching the tree bark with you know its uh, like sharp teeth you know on on the standoffs. Again, this is not the fault of the stick; it's just the fault of the way I'm using it. Is side to side on that bark, it'll squeak. It's the bark squeaking. Um, I don't know if other platforms do this. I don't know if like the Predator platform does this or not. I haven't heard any issues with it. Um, but definitely with the, uh, with the climbing sticks, if you're kind of like shifting weight left and right a little bit, you can hear it squeak. Um, that's, I, I don't know if that's, it hasn't been an issue yet because I haven't had anything close enough to bust me doing that, but it could, it could very well uh, very well be an issue and I, I could see that being a problem especially if it's on a really really quiet cold crisp like winter day all right so I just had a sip of drink here because my um, my throat was getting kind of dry so then once I'm at out once I'm at um, I keep saying altitude once I'm at uh, hunting height then um, then then you know I'm, I'm getting my stuff set up right I've already got my tether up there um, the, the beautiful part about doing this one stick deal or any kind of saddle deal honestly is if I want to move uh, let's say I climbed up the tree and I start looking around going, wait a minute, the way, I'm, the way I am right now, the way the, the, the side of the tree, whatever side of the tree that, that the stick is on, uh, I'll start take, taking like maybe like practice kind of like, oh, can I, can I swing over here? Can I swing over there? Can I get shots over here? Because there's optimal, uh, optimal uh, degrees around the clock, let's say, that you can shoot out of a saddle. And there's definitely your strong side and your weak side. If you decide that, oh, maybe I really need to be on the other side of this tree, either A, for concealment, or B, for uh, optimal shot opportunities, then you can just sit there, again, sit off the side of the tree, just hang there, right? And then move your stick, you know, rotate your stick around, you know, the one side of the tree or the other until, until you're happy with it. And then just stand on the thing. So once you're there, then, or once I'm there, then the, the entire time, by the way, I'm climbing this, I've got my uh, backpack on my back and uh, my saddle is on, obviously, because I'm climbing with it. And um, I've got a, uh, a pull-up rope that's attached to my saddle that's on the ground. So until I'm actually like 100% fully set up, I don't even pull my bow up. So once, once I'm there hanging, then the next thing to come out will be, it's, on my, it's in my pocket, 
uh, and a little uh, a little dump pouch is I've got another piece of daisy chain that uh, goes around the tree that's uh, super light. Um, I, I might actually experiment with what Tethered has. They have their, uh, their, their, uh, their cyst straps, I believe they are. They're kind of like daisy chain webbing. Um, that's definitely bigger and bulkier. What I'm using is um, just uh, one of the daisy chain, uh, 764th daisy chain Amsteel ropes from uh, one of my sticks. I have three sticks and um, if I'm only carrying one, if I'm only carrying one stick, well, I can rob that daisy chain off of one of those other sticks, and that actually goes around the tree, and uh, then I put a, like a night eyes, um, like an S beaner, and I hook that, and I'll hook my bag onto it, and then on the other side of the tree, um, I will hook either a, a night eyes, uh, another night eyes S beaner with one of the gates, uh, you know, uh, broken off, to, taken off, or I'm using one of those uh, hero clips. Um, Neither one of which is a fantastic solution. That hero clip is pretty cool because it's kind of like one of those transformer things, you know. It, it, lo it looks like an S beaner, but then it kind of uh, rotates around and it turns into well, sorry, it looks like a carabiner, like a clip, but then it turns around and opens up into this S beaner. Um, at least for a traditional bow, I'm finding it kind of noisy because uh, once it goes over the lip of where you're going to hang your bow, um, trying to get it off. <sighs> trying to get it off, at least with a recurve anyway, uh, trying to push the, bo the bow, I guess, off the string, you know, or your string off of that clip and not move the clip and have it flop sideways and make noise and things like that. I'm, I'm kind of struggling with that. So I don't have a great solution for that. I've tried that hero clip and I've tried that S beaner um, uh, solution. And I might just end up doing one or the other and just, just, just taping it more. But anyway, so I've got those things hanging there. And then uh, once that's actually hanging, then I'll take my backpack off my back. I will hang it with an S beaner off of one side, depending on what, you know, how, how I want it positioned. And then, um, then I'll pull my bow up and then I will hang it off uh, the other side, usually my left side, uh, again, with either that hero clip or that S beaner. And, you know, they seem to hang there just fine. Uh, I got to play around a little bit with uh, the height of those things so that uh, when you're kind of moving around, if you are moving around with your bow hung up, you're not knock, you know, constantly knocking it. Uh, this is probably a bigger issue with a traditional bow than it is with a compound because you've got that lower limb and I've, I've, I've kind of kicked the lower limb a little bit with my knee a couple times and knocked my arrow off down to the ground. It happens, um, which reminds me, I need to order a, uh, one of those uh, little, little mini grappling hooks. Actually, I've, I've, I've dropped enough stuff that I, f I find that uh, that's going to be very, very useful. I have yet to order one of those things, but um, they, they sell a bunch of versions of that, and there's a really small one that I, that I, that I want to get that's, that's probably, you know, not, not a bad idea, not only for, uh, you know, picking, picking up arrows or, you know, I don't know, your hat or something, you know, stupid that you might drop or something like that, but also, uh, you know, they're heavy enough to pick up your climbing sticks. If for some reason your climbing stick falls to the ground, you know, and you need that sucker back up there, well, you know, you can, you can, you can, you can certainly pick the thing up with uh, one of those little mini grappling hooks, but uh, I don't have one of those things yet. So uh, that's on my, uh, that's on my Amazon uh, purchase, you know, to-do list. So once I'm hanging there, then I'll reach in, um, reach into my bag, or uh, actually at that point, it'll be on my hip and I will wrap around that second, uh, that second tether. Again, it's, it's just redundant. These are eight millimeter ropes. They are probably, you know, together they're the same size 
at least bulk wise, not much bigger than some of the thicker ropes that, uh, that you know, that come on some of these saddle setups. And it's, for me, it's just extra peace of mind. Um, I know these ropes are incredibly strong. I know the carabiners are incredibly strong. I know the bridges are incredibly strong, but I feel so much safer, you know, next to basically having a whole extra saddle. Um, you know, the bridges, I, I have two bridges coming off the same point. Again, they're kind of staggered height-wise, so that when it's all together, said and done, that the carabiners don't kind of clank into each other. And they basically all go, the two tethers basically go like right on top of one another, and they come in a, you know, they go in a straight line, and they are, they are completely unobtrusive. I've posted pictures of this before, and, you know, some people kind of make fun of it. Some people say, you know, well, isn't that kind of bulky? You know, why do that? Well, for me, it's... It, I can't wrap my head around why you wouldn't want to do it because you're already carrying that second tether slash lineman belt, right? Most people will climb, or if not, you should be, climb with a lineman belt. Well, I can use this as a lineman belt or a tether, but that second line, that, that lineman belt can be used as a second tether. Now, there's other redundancies that people do, but I really, I really, really like this. So I've got, like I said, a, a, second, a second bridge um, on, my, uh, on my saddle. So I've got two completely independent systems, even though they do come, you know, to the same uh, pickup points, let's say, on the saddle. But I mean, you know, you got you to gotta draw the line somewhere, I suppose, right? But so I've got two tethers, two prusiks, two carabiners, two bridges, and they're completely uh, independent, independent of one another. And I've got them, like I said, so that neither one of them has any slack in it. And they are perfectly, um, you know, they, they don't, they don't, they're not obtrusive or obstruct you know they don't obstruct anything in any way i can i can still pivot as much as i want i can pivot left to right i can turn around i can swing around they don't interfere with each other i mean they're perfectly staggered um kind of reminds me of you know days of thunder you know match perfect staggered special so they don't um i don't know they're they're so unobtrusive that um i, I don't even notice like anything extra there honestly um it's it's uh you you really ought to try it to uh <clears throat> to kind of convince yourself of that but to me like i said i'm already carrying that second uh tether i'm already carrying that either as a lineman belt or as like why not use it as a tether because you, you've already you're already carrying it up in the tree it's not like you're bringing in anything extra into the woods the only thing extra you're doing is maybe adding a second bridge again big whoop and adding um you know a second carabiner and a second prusik again big whoop. They don't interfere with one another whatsoever. So anyway, I want to put out a video on that, uh, showing that. And, you know, if a lot of the, you know, I don't want to say old timers, like, you know, guys have been doing this for a long time. They're like, well, you really got to trust your equipment. You know, it's, it's kind of, kind of silly. Then, you know, what, you know, what's next, you know, you're going to bring a, a trampoline underneath you. Well, no, you know, but I mean, like if, if, <laughs> if it gives you peace of mind, and you genuinely do have true redundancy without any additional bulk or without any uh, obtrusiveness or anything like that, why the hell wouldn't you? I, I don't understand like the, the opposition to, or why, it's, why people can't wrap their head around the fact that this is like, you know, uh, I don't know. To me, it's a no-brainer. You know, it's a no-brainer. Just, just because you want to be super, super ultra-light, ultra-nimble, all you know, whatever. At the end of the day, A, I got a family to go home to, and B, I'm selfish too. I don't want to break my neck. You know, I mean, I, I don't understand. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to have a, a little bit of redundancy. So, um, especially when when it's like pretty much ninety percent of it is like right there for you, anyway, with the crap that you carry in there. So anyway, so that's kind of that's kind of it. That's kind of what I'm hanging in there with. Um, like I said, everything else in the door gunner is, is your typical hunting stuff. You know, I've got. Uh, 
I've got a headlamp in there. I've got, you know, uh, you know, Gatorade or what have you in there. I might bring a snack in there. Uh, you know, it's got an, it's got enough room so far to do what I need it to do. Um, it's, uh, it's not an, it, it's basically the perfect size. And, and, and honestly, even with all that weight that I've got in there, it carries really well with the shoulder straps, even when I'm not using uh, the hip belt. And, uh, with basically my, my tethers, my, my saddle, uh, my binoculars are in there. Um, uh, you know, a couple water bottles, Gatorades, because I, I chug Gatorade like, like crazy. I mean, what one, what, what most guys will, you know, take like one bottle for the day. I mean, I'll basically like drink one by the time I'm actually like to my tree or like up the tree, completely chug that thing. And then I've, you know, then I'm, I'm, I'm kind of milking out the rest of the other one for the rest of the day, because I, I don't know, I get thirsty uh, quickly, but, um, anyway, I've got that and I've still got room above all that stuff. <clears throat> and I'm actually, I'd have, I would have more room if I actually wore my saddle in. I'm just not that comfortable. It's not that comfortable wearing your saddle in, but, um, that, you know, if you were to wear that, then, um, you'd have more room, you know, inside. And, you know, I definitely have room for like my puffy jacket or like uh, gloves and a hat and that kind of stuff when it gets in the later season, only when it gets in the later, later season where I'm basically bringing, I might be bringing in bibs or I might be bringing in, I've got these Kuyu, uh, zip off, um, zip off insulated, like, uh, um, um, like liner pants, you know, a uh, warm, uh, what, what do you call it? Um, uh, insulating pants. Um, th those are a lot thinner by the way than bibs, but, uh, you know, another, you know, heavier mittens and an extra, you know, extra vest and extra, this extra that that's when I might actually switch to my, uh, my, my bigger pack. But so far I have not had an issue with being able to cram everything into this thing. Like I said, I am not, and, and again, I'm only like half a season into this, but I'm not light on equipment. I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't baby any of this stuff. So like I said, I yank on those zippers, I toss this thing around, it rides in the back of my car. Um, you know, it gets, it gets shit thrown on it all the time. So it's held up really, really well. Um, obviously I carry milkweed in there. I carry, um, uh, I don't really carry a rangefinder, but anyway, like the normal kind of stuff, I've got a, uh, uh, like a multi-tool that's kind of strapped to the side. And, uh, the way I carry my stick, by the way, is, um, I have a, it's, it's got a, uh, like a hand loop, like a pickup loop, uh, hand grip kind of thing at the very, very bottom. So I actually hook the bottom of my stick down to there to actually carry the load of the stick. And then I lay the stick across, you know, or, or along, you know, vertically along, you know, the outside of the pack. And then I've got the two, uh, two straps from, uh, from either side and it kind of comes in, it's kind of tough to describe, but like the one from the right side, if you're looking at it kind of comes across and it loops around like the top uh, standoff of the stick, which is facing outward and then back toward the right again. And then the left side, again, it comes in and it loops around the left standoff and it goes back to the left again and, and they click into their own, uh, uh, little, little female, uh, buckle, uh, parts. So that's, that's worked out really well. I can still bungee stuff to the outside of it. And if I really needed to, I can use those extra compression straps on the bottom of the pack and be able to, uh, uh, strap something there. So again, late season, if I really, really wanted to push it, I could, uh, do, um, uh, you know, some, some heavier pay, uh, coat, coat or uh, bibs or something like that along the bottom, but I don't know. We'll see, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. So basically that's, that's been my system. Um, that's been my system for, for saddle hunting. Now for hunting off the ground, um, 
it's it's all it's 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 a lot simpler I, all that stuff is out i don't really bring that stuff but i've got a ghillie suit now the problem with the ghillie suit and i'm not even wearing the pants this is just the jacket and hat or at least in jacket and the ghillie uh you know the, the face the face you know mask part is pretty bulky so by the time there's nothing else in that pack i stuff this thing in there i stuff the ghillie suit and everything in there it pretty much fills up the pack but that's fine because that's all i'm really going to carry you know i'll have my jacket on the outside maybe if it's if it's too hot walking in um and i'll also have on on the sides i'll either carry my uh my, my tripod if i'm going to film something and on the other side i have like a three-legged uh, stool like a folding stool um that goes into uh you know like the water bottle pocket you know and kind of gets strapped along the side with the compression straps and that works out super fine too um the ghillie suit you don't want to wear walking in unless you're actually spotting stocking that stuff snags on everything but uh once you've got the thing and you've got it trimmed out like i've got it trimmed out on my on my left chest and on my left arm i pretty much cut a lot of that stuff almost completely off uh, so that none of the strings or anything like that hang down and get caught up on the bowstring or anything like that. That that is kind of um, it's kind of like a bomb diggity setup. It's not the best uh, ghillie suit out there. I'd really like one of those. Um, was it Mark? Uh, was a Mark Anthony something or others? Uh, those look really, really, really more authentic and, and realistic. But you know, this was like thirty bucks on Amazon or something like that. So I'm using it. It's not bad. Um, and uh, it's it's really good for uh, for for kind of ground pounding, you know. I mean, it's a it's a relatively lightweight um, setup as well. I've just got basically, you know, my my bow in my hand and this pack in my back, and I get to wherever I'm going. I sit down, I open up the stool, I brush myself in, or I'll sit down, you know, by some uh, some blowdowns or uh, you know branches whatnot. As long as I got back cover, a little bit of front cover, then I'll I'll put the uh, the uh, the ghillie suit on. And I'm leaning, leaning up again, you know, I'll sit in the chair um, and I kind of dig that down into the mud or, or grass or wherever I am and kind of lean up, lean back against something. And I'll just kind of sit and hang out there for a while. And, you know, everything, again, everything carries really, really well. It's just not something that you can, you know, wear in and walk a long ways because, again, it snags on everything and it's just hot. You know, it's just it's just too hot to walk in to, to do that kind of stuff. So. Anyway, those are the two things that I'm doing. Those are the two methods that I'm doing. And so far, it's worked out great. Uh, well, as far as be, being able to carry all that stuff in, um, we, have, uh, we, have, we have yet to uh, loosen, loosen arrow and anger. But uh, I would say that I'm, I'm really happy with the, with, with, with the system that I have and the way that I've worked out the bugs to suit the way I hunt and the crap that I carry. Um, you know, I know some people may look at that stuff and be like, well, you carry too much stuff. I'm sorry. I, this is about like the, the least amount of stuff that I can actually carry. Um, I'm not under any pretenses that I'm going to actually go and, and, and bone out a deer and bring out the deer all at once in this pack as well. Uh, as, you know, evidenced by my, my, my season so far. I mean, I'm kind of resigned to the fact that I, I bow hike 99.999% of the time. So, the odd chance that I actually do shoot something, then okay, well, that's the time I'm going to walk back to the car, take all that crap out, and then go back in with, uh, you know, with my sled or uh, an empty pack, and then be able to, you know, bone out, you know, and, and bring back, uh, uh, bring back quarters or whatnot with with an empty pack. But um, all the rest of the stuff I actually end up do using. I mean, I end up do using all that stuff, uh, even from. Um, um, I forgot to mention, I, I also carry like a little, um, the was it anchor power core 10,000. It's, uh, um, 
like a you know cell phone charger basically like it's a it's a power bank um i'm on my phone a lot i probably shouldn't be i started doing a lot of these like insta stories and things like that and videos um i really got to cut back on doing that kind of stuff because it's probably you know i haven't no i probably don't know it but it's probably cost me some opportunities but uh you know if i'm out there all day my battery goes dead you know and i count on that thing for for gps i count on it for um you know i don't know just 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 being on basically so there there's nothing in my pack that i really can can actually get rid of that i would feel comfortable getting rid of because everything in there right now i actually do use and the stuff that's in there for like emergency stuff is like very very like minimal like i said i've got you know like an emergency blanket and uh fire starting stuff and, and things like that but i mean <clears throat> i'm not carrying like water purification i'm not carrying you know like a big medical kit and things like that i mean it's just basic you know basic emergency um start a fire and, and, and find my way home kind of stuff so anyway i don't think i'll be able to whittle that down anymore i know some of you guys will hunt out of uh uh, like a fanny pack and things like that. That's great. I'm not one of those guys. So um, anyway, what I've done with this pack in the system and working out the kinks and, and more importantly, working out the kinks of how I climb a tree, the, the logistics of getting up the tree, the order that I do things when I'm up in the tree, how I'm hanging, uh, you know, what shots I'm able to take, what shots I'm not able to take, um, learning my limitations. That's been like, that's been huge. I mean, that's been huge for me because uh it, it's just you know it, it's just seat time literally it's it's seat time or hang time basically uh trying to figure out all this stuff because you know now you know the more you do it the more you can streamline things and the quicker you can do it so anyway just like anything else with hunting you just you just got to practice you got to go out there and, and, and practice so um and i guess i'm going to leave you guys on that one last note it's practice we don't do enough shooting uh, especially in the traditional world i think uh, once season hits i know i'm guilty of it uh, i try to shoot in the house here i can shoot like 12 13 yards in the basement i try to launch at least a couple arrows few arrows a week um but uh you know it, it's it's gone down drastically from you know the hours you know a, a day that i'd be shooting you know in the off season to um only a couple arrows here and there but you really need to keep your skills up you really need to make sure you um you know, you just, you just, you keep all those muscles limber and then that, that sight picture in your, in, in your brain, um, the way you remember it so that you can make, uh, you know, make, you can make like an accurate shot. So anyway, I've rambled on here about, I don't know, hour and 10 minutes, something like that. So that's my season update. And that's, uh, kind of, you know, what's in my pack and, and, uh, my, my process. So I hope you guys learned something from this today. Uh, the next one I'm going to put out is, uh, it might be an interview or it might be, um, something on muzzle loaders because we're going to get close to i'm not going to do one on rifle season uh it's kind of boring but uh muzzle loaders you know intrigue me a little bit and uh, muzzle loader season for us in minnesota here is uh starts at the very end of november and goes in the first couple weeks of december so it might be timely then i know there's muzzle loader seasons already in full swing in in parts of uh in parts of the country but um anyway that's kind of what uh what i might what i might tap into so definitely tune into that go watch the youtube channel stuff uh, i really appreciate it again if you guys go through any of those links um 
through uh, through my channel. Just do the little arrow down on the, on the description and then click to one of those links. Go to Amazon. Once you're there, buy whatever you want. I don't care. Again, go buy your 10-pack of Sharpies or, you know, 10-pack of tube socks. And uh, I get pennies. doesn't cost you anything. You can still use Amazon Prime. That supports the channel. Go check out the T-shirts the at teespring.com, Bowhunting Stole uh, store. And uh, again, check me out on Instagram. I put a lot of stuff out on there. You probably won't see anything for a couple few weeks, unfortunately, but uh, definitely, um, you know, hit me up, say hi, follow all that stuff, and I'll follow you guys back. And uh, I hope you guys, the seasons are going good. Hope they're going a whole lot better than mine. Uh, again, I certainly send out a lot of congrats, 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 congrats to, uh, to a lot of people out there. So if that's one of you guys, congratulations. I really, really am happy for you guys. Just send some of that luck my way. And uh, with that said, I will talk to you guys next time. Thanks.